0: Will you pray with me? Come, Holy Spirit, heavenly dove, with all thy quickening power. Come shed abroad a Savior's love that it may kindle ours. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. How do people know that you're a Christian? How do your neighbors and friends know that you're a follower of Jesus, or do they? Maybe they know that you go to church on Sundays. Maybe they've seen you wear a cross necklace, or they've noticed the morningside magnet on your car. Maybe you've invited them to the Easter egg hunt next Saturday. Or maybe they don't know at all. If the question makes you uncomfortable, I understand. It's a complicated time to be a Christian in America. Christianity stands for so many things these days, and not all of them are good, and not all of them are gospel. As the religiously affiliated, the the nuns, N-O-N-E-S as they're called... As they continue to rise, one of the primary reasons that they cite for not seeking connection in their own spiritual life or to a community of faith is that they say Christians are judged as judgmental, homophobic, hypocritical, and political. We can see all of those things. I don't have to explain them to you. I I know it enough that even I, as a pastor, at times say, well, I'm a Christian, but I'm not that kind of Christian. And so we shy away from making our faith known and prefer a kind of quiet piety to any kind of bold proclamation. The trouble with that, of course, is that it leaves the public expression of faith to things like those big highway billboards that say in bold letters, repent, or my, one of my favorites, Jesus saves, call this 800 number, <laughs> or another personal favorite, that one that it's just a black background and it says, don't make me come down there, signed God. God. And all of those would be fine, except that we're in church today precisely because God came down here among us in the person of Jesus. And Jesus spent his ministry publicly sharing the good news of God with everyone that he met, rich and poor, Jew and Greek, banker and bus driver, disciple and demon-possessed, his teaching and his healing and his acts of mercy were visible signs of God's power, and he didn't hide them from anyone. Over the three years of his ministry, he had drawn a crowd and made the powers of the day, the religious and political powers alike, a, a fair bit uncomfortable. And when we meet him in this morning's gospel lesson, he is closing out his ministry roadshow. Right? This is a multi-city tour, and Jerusalem is his last stop. And he knew that his arrival into Jerusalem was both consistent with his call and likely to lead to his death. But there was one thing that remained true through it all. He never stopped living his faith out loud. He never tried to hide it. And a remarkable thing happens on Palm Sunday— As Jesus sat upon a colt and made his way into Jerusalem, he looked around to discover that the crowds who had been following him all this time, listening and observing and taking it all in, they picked up the mantle of his ministry. Some talk about this morning's passage as a kind of highly orchestrated act of political theater but I think that the crowd's response was simply an authentic reflection of a people whose lives had been changed by an encounter with Jesus. That day, they joined in the work of paving the way with palms and offering their kind of public profession of faith because they had come to believe that Jesus was, in fact, the one. The one who comes in the name of the Lord. They had heard his promises of grace and mercy and challenge even, and now it was their time to live their faith out loud. And so that makes this particular stop on Jesus' roadshow a little bit different. Riding in on a colt itself is significant if we look back at the Old Testament texts, but, but by itself it's just a guy riding into, a don- into the city on a donkey, Nothing that would alarm Pilate or the religious leaders of the day. But when a crowd shows up, the powers start to pay attention. And this is a kind of moment of public pandemonium that can't be ignored. The crowds, people like you and me who had been following Jesus, started praising God joyfully and pointing to God's deeds of power. And now they had the world's attention. The crowd was pointing to love incarnate, Jesus the Christ, atop a humble cult, as the power, the one that was and is and is to come and will change and transform the world. Not Pilate, not the religious leaders, Jesus. And it did. It did so much that we're here, 2,000 years later, still marking this pivotal moment in Jesus' story and remembering the witness of love that overcame all of the threatening powers of the day. But today isn't just about remembering. Because to participate in Palm Sunday is an invitation for us to have a kind of public faith as well. To worship here today is to ask yourself, how, how am I, how are we called to live our faith out loud now? So we took some baby steps this morning. A number of you gathered in Sydney Marcus Park just up the road, and we processed with palms to church, enough that I noticed a couple of cars driving by sort of like look out their window with, you know, a, a what's going on there look. Those that were in the parade were invited to talk to someone you didn't know about the way that you celebrate the resurrection. All of us gathered on the front steps outside, such that people driving by on Morningside might have wondered what in the world is going on at that church today. And this afternoon, we'll post pictures of some of it on our social media outlets. So, in a very small way, we were living our faith out loud this morning. And it was chaotic, and it was joyful, and it was a way that we could bear witness to God. But here's my question for you. If a neighbor saw you in the parade, or if a friend sees your post on Instagram, what are you going to tell them you were up to? Will you tell them, oh, it was just a church thing? Or will you say, oh, it was, it was Palm Sunday, and we were celebrating God's deeds of power, at which point, you're probably going to have to explain something. Or that this week marks Holy Week and we're celebrating Jesus' death and resurrection. Would you like to join me? Or maybe that you were there because God is doing something significant in your own life. Luke's account of Palm Sunday includes this funny, minor detail that often gets lost in the shuffle the one I shared with the kids. The Pharisees ordered Jesus to tell the crowds to stop shouting Hosanna, stop saying blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. And instead of stopping the crowds, Jesus says if they were silent, even the stones would shout. Jesus' arrival into the city is a recognition that God's deeds of power are going to be made known one way or the other. If the crowd didn't share it, the stones would. God's transforming, healing, saving power couldn't be stopped even if Jesus could get that crowd to be silent. Because creation has been proclaiming God's glory as long as the trees of the field could clap their hands, and as long as the birds in the cypress trees could sing God's love song, and we all we really need to do is look to the beauty of God's creation and be compelled that there is, in fact, a holy creator beyond ourselves whose order and mystery offers us life, thanks be to God. But Palm Sunday isn't just about like a broad expression of faith in the God of the universe, the God out there in creation. Palm Sunday is a chance for us to share the story of a God who has drawn near, who has come down here, as the billboard says, the one who's come to love us and save us and show us the way through the person of Jesus. And if that's what we're being called to share, then maybe that first Palm Sunday when they were laying down their cloaks and waving palm branches was because we're called to use whatever resource we might have to help people hear God's good news. All right, for those of you who are worried that your preacher has been replaced by a Baptist who is about to tell you to go witness to people and invite them to be saved, take a deep breath. I didn't ask you to knock on doors on the way here this morning, and I'm not asking you to pass out tracts this afternoon. But if we are to rightfully take our place in the crowd, then we are being asked to consider what is it about God's deeds of power that we can share with others? What sacred yet totally ordinary experiences can we share with others that help tell the story of God not just entering Jerusalem a long time ago, but entering this city, this church, our lives, in a way that we're changed, in a way that gets us to keep showing up. Jesus told the Pharisees that if the crowds didn't share God's deeds of power, the stones would. But the stones are silent because the church is not. The stones are silent because we are finding ways as a church to do this work, to share this story already. Anytime we witness God's deeds of power, we participate in God's story with our hands and our feet, and we are invited to join in this morning's response, Hosanna. It requires us to remember that we don't just participate in worship and mission and service because it's a nice thing to do or because it makes us feel good, we do it because it's a way to point to Jesus. It's a way to help others hear about God's saving love. So when we baptize babies like Emmy this morning, like Jacob last week, we point to Jesus and say, Hosanna. Okay, this is the audience participation part. You did it outside. Hosanna. All right, you're awake. When we help an Afghan refugee family resettle and we show signs of Christ's hospitality, we point to Jesus and say, Hosanna. Hosanna. When we work alongside the Saturday school students at Dobbs with our hands in the dirt and we show Christ's love, we point to Jesus and say, "Hosanna." Hosanna. When we welcome students from the Maryville College Choir, many of whom have never gone to a traditional worship service ever and we help them to see that their music is an expression of our faith, we point to Jesus and say, Hosanna. Hosanna. When guests shop for healthy organic foods at the Morningside Farmer's Market in our parking lot every week, we bear witness to God's love of creation, and we point to the one who is the new creation and say, Hosanna. When we hung up a prayer wall in front of the church after George Floyd was killed and we lifted up our laments, we pointed to Jesus' mercy and said, Hosanna. Hosanna. When we sing Christmas carols in the neighborhood, we point to Jesus and say, Hosanna. Hosanna. When we spend our Saturday serving with Clifton and Memorial Drive Ministries and we rem- remember that Jesus showed up among the marginalized, we say, Hosanna. When we deliver groceries for ICM or Meals on Wheels, and we remember that Jesus fed the hungry, we point to Jesus and say, Hosanna. Hosanna. If the crowd didn't share God's deeds of power, the stones would. But the stones are silent because the church is not. Together, as a community of faith, we are called to live our faith out loud. And the invitation to share God's story, to point to Christ as a reason to care and love and serve others isn't just about Palm Sunday. It's an everyday call throughout our whole life of faith. As much as we can celebrate how God has been at work, as much as we're inclined to pat ourselves on the back for all those things that we've already done, our faith continues forth on this path that we have paved— And I wonder where we are being called to point to Jesus and shout Hosanna still. Maybe it's acts of simple presence for those of you who are not into a big show. Maybe it's just showing up for one another, bringing food to a fellow member at a pivotal moment. Maybe it's an act of partnership. Friends that we haven't, friendships or partnerships we haven't yet built with a neighboring church like Haygood this morning or a neighboring school through listening that we might be able to change and reflect on God's deeds of power and justice. Maybe it's in our very own property right here in the ways that we open our doors to individuals or communities that need gathering space. Maybe it's an act of advocacy as a Matthew 25 church, working with Presbyterians for a better Georgia, or helping to advocate for a more just community. These actions as a church require each of us to be engaged, to choose to follow Jesus, to dare to live our faith out loud. You do not have to pave the whole path by yourself, but you do have to be ready to wave your palm or to lay down your cloak, to participate in paving the way for Jesus to enter into our lives. So how will people know that you're a Christian? The good news is that they don't have to rely on a screaming billboard, and they don't have to figure out how to listen to shouting stones. They only need to hear hosannas, stories of God's love and God's power from you. May it be so. Amen.